0: This is a WKXL Spotlight. I'm thrilled, absolutely thrilled, to be hosting this episode of the WKXL Spotlight. Normally, the Spotlight focuses on businesses, organizations, charitable groups, individuals who are making a big impact in New Hampshire. This is Spotlight Edition is going to be something just a little bit different. My name is Jim McIntyre. I host a Sports Talk radio show here on WKXL called The Sports Machine with Slim. So I go by Slim here in the studio. What I'm going to do today is give everyone a ton of knowledge about an industry that you will hear just uh, so much information about in 2024. And there's so much confusion in the space. I've been in it. For years and years and years, and I've learned through doing things and making mistakes and picking myself, dusting myself off, and figuring things out. So I'm going to share with all of you folks today on this WKXL Spotlight Edition some information that I've learned that hopefully you can use to better your own lives. And at least to be more educated about an incredibly difficult, complicated topic. Cryptocurrency cryptocurrency. You will be hearing about it all over the place in the year 2024. I know so many people out there don't know much about it. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to do my best to explain it to you as if you were a five-year-old or a seven-year-old. And to help me do that, I have in the studio right now a five-year-old by the name of Alexander. He's my son. Alex, do you want to say something to everybody out there? Mila is also in the studio. She is age 7. She needs to speak right into that microphone. Do you want to say hello to people? Yes! Do you know anything about Bitcoin? Um, I don't know. Do you know anything about crypto? Even what is crypto? What is crypto? Thank you for that. That's where we're going to start, people. So you've just heard five- and seven-year-olds don't know anything about crypto. If you don't either, it's okay. Let's rock and roll. By the end of this hour, I'm telling you right now, you're going to be more educated than almost anybody out there walking the streets. Cryptocurrency started with the invention of Bitcoin back in the year 2008. We're going to back up even a month or two before that. On September 15th, 2008, Lehman Brothers declared bankruptcy. At the time, Lehman Brothers had been in business since the year 1850. 1850, Lehman Brothers had been in business. It was the fourth largest investment bank in the world at the time. Then one day, Gonzo, September 15, 2008, Lehman Brothers declared bankruptcy. They had a ton of bad loans, couldn't pay. They're out of business. Just 45 days later, something called the Bitcoin White Paper is published. October 31st, Halloween, the Bitcoin white paper is published. Then, a couple of months after that, January 3rd, 2009, the Bitcoin network actually starts up. So what the inventor did is they put out a paper saying, hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's what the technology is. And then a couple months later, like I mentioned, January 3rd, 2009, they actually put it into practice. So what exactly is Bitcoin. Here's the quick overview. Bitcoin is internet money created out of nowhere by an individual who still to this day is anonymous. Bitcoin, the name of the creator that people know is Satoshi, but Satoshi, nobody knows who that individual really is. So this was internet money created by an anonymous individual that was perfected with the intention of having money be completely decentralized. In the United States, the current debt for our country is over $33 trillion. Some people have a big problem with that. Obviously, the inventor of Bitcoin had a problem with all of the debt in the world because in the very first message sent on the Bitcoin blockchain, and I'll explain what a blockchain is in a a second, they typed in the message, the chancellor on brink of second bailout for banks. Chancellor over in in England. So this is a worldwide solution to a debt problem. That's pretty much how I would summarize what Bitcoin is. How does it solve a debt problem is like this. Bitcoin is spread across all of the computers that run the Bitcoin software. It's spread across those computers equally. There is no main storage central facility for Bitcoin. When you have other businesses that house data, credit card information, email information, all the stuff that we're doing on the internet nowadays, those data stores where they keep all your information are housed in a building with huge servers. So they're located in one central location. That's why hackers come in trying to access those locations so they can get access to all of our data. Credit card information, social security information, all that stuff. So then they can take that data, go and sell it on the black web, which is why you get all your your spam phone calls, spam emails, and all this junk. That's how they're getting your info. With Bitcoin, there's no centralized data spot For a hacker to try and go in and access the network through. The Bitcoin network has never been hacked. So how does Bitcoin run? There's software. You spin up the software, it gets powered by the computer engines, whatever computer you're using to spin up the software and then run it, and you join the network. You have something called hash power, which is the powering ability of the computer that you're using. So initially, when Bitcoin was created, Satoshi and some of the other people that he invited to utilize this software and test it out with him as it was building after it was launched um, between January 3rd, 2009 and the following days, they had to make sure the software worked. So what would happen is everybody ran the software on their computers. While they're running the software on the computers, the network started to be built. And it's shared amongst all those computers. As they were transactions being made. Meaning that Satoshi would send a message to somebody else on the network and maybe send them some Bitcoin in the message. That transaction gets recorded in something called a digital ledger. That's a message that gets stamped into the software that can never be changed. It's always going to be in an existence. That's where that message coming from the chancellor on brink of second bailout for banks, that was stamped into the line of a block. A block is an amount of transactions that need to occur on the Bitcoin blockchain before a reward is given. And you say, wait a minute, now this is starting to get a little bit complicated, right? Like, wait a minute, we're talking about blocks, we're talking about rewards, we got the debt, 33 trillion, we got Bitcoin. How is the networks running this thing? You have a powerful network, say you have a powerful computer that you're running at home. You have space to run another application on the computer. You spin up the Bitcoin network and you say, boom, I want to start mining Bitcoin. What mining Bitcoin means is Your computer is being used as a power source to set the Bitcoin network in motion. When I want to send a transaction or I want to send some Bitcoin to my five-year-old son right here, okay, that transaction needs to be powered by somewhere. There has to be a computer that's willing to go ahead and process that transaction. That's what miners are called. The miners in the Bitcoin community and all crypto community are the computers that are tasked with powering the messages that are sent on the network. In this case, we're talking about Bitcoin network. After a certain amount of messages are powered and sent through, those computers fight for a reward. And this is called a block. At the end of a block, when a certain amount of messages are completed, the Bitcoin network is scheduled to release a new amount of Bitcoin into the supply. And the network or the computer that powers that last transaction in a block gets the reward. So when Satoshi initially started up the Bitcoin network back in 2009, the reward was 50 Bitcoin per block. Roughly every four years, that amount gets cut in half. This is something a lot of people don't know it's going next level the total supply for bitcoin people is 21 million there will only ever be 21 million bitcoin in the supply and guess what over 19 million of those are already in existence that's why when we talk about the upcoming etf applications that are going to be approved most likely in january of 2024 and all this news will be out there this is what we're talking about, the happening that's upcoming in April, the ETF applications. I'm going to roll it all into you. We gave you a baseline to get started here on this WKXL Spotlight Edition discussing cryptocurrency. You're listening to 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, or nhtalkradio.com. We'll be right back with some comments from the 5- and 7-year-olds and see what they have learned so far. Welcome back to this WKXL spotlight edition on Cryptocurrency. We're giving you information people, you're not going to get this anywhere else. It's a lot to ask but we're taking it from bare bones, no nothing, and I'm going to have you scaling up to a cryptocurrency expert by the end of this edition. Let's just check in real quick with our five and seven-year-old people who are in the studio, my five-year-old Alexander. What did you just learn from that last segment about cryptocurrency and or Bitcoin? Speaking into the microphone. Uh, they're good? They're good. What did you learn, my seven-year-old Milo? What did you learn about cryptocurrency from what I just talked about there? Um, uh, um, so there was that there's a kind of computer that sends Bitcoin to other people. Okay, so there we go. That's, we're going to check in with them a little bit later. She talked a little bit about the mining and how you can send cryptocurrency to other people. If I wanted to send my daughter Mila some Bitcoin, how would I do that? There's not going to be some magical invention that just kind of sends it over all by itself without any cost. Of course, of course, there's going to be some sort of a cost. Well, what is that? That cost is incurred by the miners that invest in computers to power the Bitcoin network. And as a reward for doing their powering, they're all racing to try and get the new Bitcoin that are released into the system at the end of each block. The initial block, as I mentioned, uh, the sorry, the initial um, amount of Bitcoin that was sent when Bitcoin was created was 50. Then after about four years, that total got cut in half to about 25. Then after another four years, that got cut in half to about 12.5. So you're looking at roughly every four years. Bitcoin started beginning of 2009. Then you got ballpark 2013, reward gets down to 25. 2017 gets down to 12.5. 2021 ballpark gets down to 6.25. So right now the block of reward is 6.25. That's how many Bitcoin a computer gets if they win the race to solve the last block in a, in a Bitcoin computational pile. So what it is, is there's math problems. And these computers are all racing to be the first one to solve the math problem. If your computer wins right now, you're rewarded with 6.5 Bitcoin. The price of a Bitcoin today, how much is it? $43,000. Give or take, it's around $43,000. That 6.5 Bitcoin totals out to what? Ballpark 250000 $270,000. That's how much a computer is rewarded for being the winning block. I'm going to explain to you how this all kind of breaks down. In the next segment, right here, I want to talk to people about how Bitcoin got started and with value. As I mentioned, the network kicked off January 3rd, 2009, officially. There are computers out there, the people in the initial starting uh, circle with Satoshi who are working on this software, downloaded it on their computer, playing with it, just kind of saying, Hey, this is cool. Oh, look, I got rewards. I got uh, Bitcoin. My total's up to this amount. They just created the wallet. It gets stashed on their computer. The computer's operating this Bitcoin software in the background. But all the Bitcoin that they're getting at that time was worthless. Bitcoin was nothing. Nobody was utilizing it for anything. Well, then what happens in 2010, so a year and change later, is somebody by the name of Laszlo puts out on the Internet, hey, I'm willing to pay 10,000 Bitcoin to somebody to have two pizzas delivered to my house. 10,000 Bitcoin. Now, there wasn't a business out there that would accept Bitcoin. Nobody even knew what this was about. This was just hardcore in the internet. You know, the junkies that are out there, the nerds, the geeks that were playing with this software, the Bitcoin software, wondering what the heck is this all about? Well, somebody sees the message, they say, okay, I'm going to order two pizzas from Papa John's. I'll have them delivered to your house you send me the 10,000 Bitcoin. And that's what happened. Lazo sends the 10,000 Bitcoin. This person pays for the two pizzas, which was probably 40 bucks or something like that. That's the first example where Bitcoin actually became worth something. It had some value. If you spent 10,000 Bitcoin now, you could get two pizzas. The price of Bitcoin slowly but steadily starts to rise through the years. That was in 2010. It got a big big bump up by something called the Silk Road where really there were criminals, a lot of them, using the Silk Road to conduct transactions in a currency that couldn't be traced really by the US government so easily. Right? So they were just using this underground currency Bitcoin. To fund transactions and business activities that they wanted to keep separate from the authorities. And eventually that led to you know, problems with Silk Road, their founder being arrested, and uh, an exchange being created called Mt. Gox. G-O-X. One of the first cryptocurrency exchanges ever created. An exchange in cryptocurrency is like a bank. So in modern day times here, we look at like a Coinbase, a Binance, Kraken, Gemini. There's a ton of them out there. Crypto.com, there's a ton of exchanges. These are all essentially banks where you can go, you deposit your money into these accounts, you take your cash, you buy crypto, you can buy it and sell it with crypto. Then if you want to cash out, you can cash out, take your money, cash USD, dollars or other crypto or other uh Currencies, because this is happening all across the world, people. This is not just happening in the United States. This is a worldwide thing. And to give you an example of that, I can talk to you about the fact that China has a huge business called Bitmain. Bitmain is the largest Bitcoin mining manufacturer in the world. It has been for years. So, what Bitcoin did years ago is they invented a computer that has a responsibility only, its only purpose, is to mine Bitcoin. That's all it does. One of these things goes for over $2,000, $3,000, $4,000 for the most updated model, I think. So people are spending money to buy dedicated Bitcoin mining computers. Why? Because they want the most powerful computer to be able to mine as quickly as possible, solve the math problems in the string, so that they can get rewarded by solving the last problem in the block and getting the bitcoin rewards which i said right now is 6.5 in roughly april of 2024 you will hear a ton of this in april of 2024 the blo- the halvening is going to be called happening Havening or having that means the bitcoin rewards being paid out to computers at the end of each block right now is 6.5 in april it will become 3.25 Bitcoin. That's a huge drop. If right now you power the computer and your computer is the, the one to solve the last computation, the last problem of a block, you get paid 6.5 Bitcoin. That's roughly 270000 If it gets cut to 3.25 at a value of 43000 per Bitcoin, now you're talking like 130, dollars $140,000 roughly. So there's a race going on for all these powerful computers to be the most powerful, to solve the equations, to get rewarded the blocks of Bitcoin. And China has the company that produces the most powerful Bitcoin miner, the Ant Miner. That's what it's called, and still today. If you look at large mining farms, large mining pools, large mining companies in the United States, there's plenty of them that are publicly held. The majority of those, they're running Ant Miner mining equipment. It's a huge, huge industry that nobody knows about the guts of it because it's so complicated. So you have the miners that are out there that have been doing this forever. The folks at Bitmain, I think that got invented in 2012, 2013, if we want to back it up on the timeline. So Bitcoin gets invented, 2009. First transaction happens, 2010. Then the dedicated Bitcoin mining stuff Starts up in 2012, where they invent the the most high-powered computers. The race is on to be able to mine the most amount of Bitcoin. Well, the people that were doing that have been immersed in the crypto space now for 13, 14, 15 years. Those are the same people who are knowledgeable about mining, knowledgeable about trading in cryptos, and knowledgeable about the exchanges that are founded. I mentioned earlier, Mount Gox, one of the earliest exchanges ever created. Well, that exchange had a huge hack where somebody broke in to the exchange where people held their coins and they stole a bunch of the coins. And that's something I want to leave off with here for this piece of the WKXL Spotlight edition educating people about cryptocurrency. And I'm going to talk about exchanges when we come back. The radio stations, they're plentiful out there. We hope you choose WKXL. You're gonna get insider information like this. You can listen to us on 1450 AM, 103.9 FM in Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. You can always listen live nhtalkradio.com. You can catch our past episodes on demand there as well. nhtalkradio.com. We'll be right back to shed some more light on the exchanges and what's going to be happening in 2024 in cryptocurrency. Are you learning anything from this WKXL spotlight? Cryptocurrency. We are jamming so much information into a short amount of time. We're doing this show to educate people so that you don't feel helpless when the 2024 news is all over the place about Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, Ethereum, all the different cryptos that are out there. It's so confusing. I'm here in the studio right now taping this episode with my 5-year-old son and 7-year-old daughter. And I'm not confident that they're learning too much. Mila, you are a 7-year-old. You said to me just off air, you're not learning very much right now, are you? Yes, because I... um. Because I don't learn too many words, and I don't understand some. You don't understand some of the words I'm talking about in cryptocurrency. What about you, five-year-old Alexander? What have you learned so far? Anything? I don't know. No. Okay, so we're not getting much with these two. I hope you out there in the listening audience are able to be picking up more than these two cats that are sitting here in the studio with me. We left off talking about the Mt. Gox exchange and the hack hundreds of thousands of coins were stolen. This is going back to roughly 2014 time period, I believe, give or take. And imagine yourself sitting back then with the value of a Bitcoin ranging anywhere from maybe 30 bucks up to a couple hundred. But you maybe had thousands of them and you left them on the exchange, Mt. Gox, because there's a wallet there. That's where you go in. You put your money in, You buy coins, and they hold the coins for you in your online wallet on the exchange. Well, one day, that exchange got hacked into because all those coins were stored in the central database area. Well, whoever took them knew where to go, and they fished out hundreds of thousands of those coins. You as the individual wallet holder, there was nothing you could do. All of a sudden, you had X amount of coins, and then they're gone. And you what do you mean? people were furious. It upset the whole industry. Everything tanked. It was it was absolutely crazy because Mt. Gox was the biggest exchange in the world at that time. So this industry has gone through many, many ups and downs. Huge events where people, the detractors or the people that were are anti-crypto would say, "Oh, look at I told you. This uh, this is going down. This. Listen to me." I was on the radio back in Ar- August of this year, September of this year when the price of one Bitcoin was roughly $25,000. Today, $43,000. That's $18,000. And people would say, wait a second, $43,000? What? This is an internet money that was made up by somebody anonymous. We have no idea who did it as recently as 2009. And now one of those coins, of which there are 21 million, that will only ever be made, and over 19 million of them are already in existence. 19 million of them are out there. Each one is worth $43,000 roughly. It was just $25,000 a couple of months ago. Where is it going to in 2024? I'm not here to make predictions on that. I would tell you there's a lot of use cases and a lot of reasons why the price of one Bitcoin will be much higher than it is right now. One of those big reasons, are upcoming ETF application dates where there's deadlines where the Pretty much the U.S. government needs to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Yes, we're going to allow this, or no, we're not. One of those applications is from BlackRock, the largest financial institution in the world. They want in on all the money that is to be made in the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency space. I've talked mostly about Bitcoin up until this point. That's intentional because that's how it all got started in crypto. But the Bitcoin network is powered and was developed really for one reason, to hold Bitcoin or to send it to somebody that you know. It wasn't developed to be able to power through tons of transactions. So there's limitations on how many transactions can be sent over the Bitcoin network at one time. But there's been new evolutions of software on top of that Bitcoin network, something called the Lightning Network, where you can send tons of transactions in a short amount of time, like equivalent to what uh, an American Express or a MasterCard or Visa, like in the ballpark with how many transactions can be sent over that network. It can be done over the Lightning Network. That technology is still being perfected, but it's growing by leaps and bounds. That's what's happening with the Bitcoin side of things. There's another whole world of crypto outside of Bitcoin, which is headed by Ethereum. That's the number two largest coin by market cap in the world. One Ethereum coin sells today for ballpark 2300. It's a totally related technology, but different. When Ethereum was created, it was created with the intention of being able to perform smart contracts, which are deals where it's, it's, uh, to the network is telling you, hey, if you do X, then we'll give you Y. Meaning once this task is completed, will send you over automatically this amount of Ethereum. ETH, E-T-H is the name of the coin. It's complicated. There's a whole world of other cryptos out there. All of them have their own fans, their own followings. Lots of them are worthless or will be worthless. Lots of them that have no real particular function other than being something kind of cool for people to share and talk about. will be jumping up in value. A lot of them. When Bitcoin goes up, most of the other coins go up along with it. That's the excitement for people that are inside of the crypto space because they know the price of Bitcoin in 2024 is poised for a big jump. Let's dig into the ETF application piece I just talked to you. Right now, there are more than 10 ETF applications in front of the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, for the United States. More than 10. One is from BlackRock, as I mentioned. One is from ARK Investments, Kathy Wood's investment vehicles. Fidelity has another one. Big financial players. They want to be able to sell Bitcoin to their investors. To your 401k funds, they want to be able to offer a Bitcoin product So you can get some exposure into the crypto space. And it starts with Bitcoin, because that's the network that has been through the most trials and tribulations. It's been around the longest. It's been tested the most. It's been used the most. People have found, oh, it's not breaking. It's working. Bitcoin is is a solid (laughs) technology that nobody's able to mess with. So that's why they want to build investment vehicles to start with around Bitcoin and then go to other cryptos most likely from there. You got to start it out with Bitcoin. The ETF applications that are in place are for spot Bitcoin price applications. That means if you want to buy Bitcoin right now, you can do it through the exchanges. You really can't do it through your retirement accounts, through a TD Ameritrade or whatnot. These applications are saying, hey, we want you to be able to buy and sell Bitcoin as easily as you do with any other stock, based on what the price of Bitcoin is right now, and you can sell it, whatever the price is, when you want to sell it. That's a big change. That is not a legal financial solution or product right now that's available. It's going to be available, most likely, in January of 2024. That is a prediction in the crypto community. We kind of all know that's probably what's going to happen. It's not a definite. But... If it happens, what this means is that each of those ETF applications, the companies powering those, will need to buy Bitcoin to fund their asset package that they want to sell and offer to you people with retirement accounts out there. So if you want to get 5% exposure into Bitcoin, you'll be able to do that as part of your retirement portfolio. And it'll just be a couple pushes of the buttons. Well... If the people at these businesses that offer those products want to be able to offer them, they need to first own the Bitcoin that they're going to be able to sell to you at those prices. So these companies are all going to need to acquire massive amounts of Bitcoin when those products are approved. If they all get approved at the same time, you can have the largest financial institutions in the world all going to grab a chunk Of Bitcoin, there's only so many Bitcoin that will ever be created, 21 million. Right now, there's over 19 million that have already been mined, that have already been released into circulation. The amount gets cut every four years through something called the halvening, as I mentioned. That will go down to 3.25 Bitcoin will be rewarded starting in April from the current total of 6.5. Let me read to you the prices of Bitcoin havening dates and post havening dates I could go back to 2012 then 2016 2020 I'm going to give you one number and then I'm going to give you the rest in the year 2012 the price on the havening date was $12.35 for one bitcoin one year later it was $1007 you won't believe the numbers I'm going to tell you we're going to finish up with the real strong piece to this WKXL segment. Stay tuned to WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester, nhtalkradio.com. I'm going to bring it all full circle for you. WKXL Spotlight Edition Cryptocurrency. Welcome back, everybody. The year 2024 is right around the corner, and I am telling you, the airwaves are going to be dominated by discussions on cryptocurrency. That's why we're doing a WKXL spotlight right here on this topic. I want everyone out there in New Hampshire and beyond to be more educated about it so you can understand and not feel scared because, believe me, the big financial institutions and the people with tons of money Know what's going to happen. Let me ask you. I mean, there's two groups of people that own Bitcoin. I've said this for a couple of years now. Some, the two groups of people. One are the really technical individuals who love the technology, love the software, love all that goes into mining and all that stuff. They just love the technical power of Bitcoin and the fact that it's decentralized and this blockchain technology gets people excited. Two, the other people that own Bitcoin are the folks that have $43,000 to be able to buy one piece of this internet money. $43,000, who has $43,000 to buy a Bitcoin? Only people with a ton of cash. Now you don't need to buy an entire Bitcoin, just so you know, anybody listening. You can buy fractional, infinitely fractional pieces. You can buy $10 worth of Bitcoin. You can buy $20 worth of Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a whole one at one time. Let's ask the five and seven year old something here, in one moment after I give you the numbers, I told you the halvening date is key. The next happening is in April of 2024, just a couple months away here. Back in 2012, the date of the first halvening. November 28th, the price of one Bitcoin, $12.35. $12. $12. A year later, $1,007. Let's fast forward to year 2016. The second halvening date, July 9th, 2016. Price of Bitcoin on that day? Six hundred and fifty dollars, the Bitcoin price a year later, two thousand five hundred and six dollars. So it went from six hundred fifty dollars to two thousand five hundred and six dollars a year later. The third happening date is May eleventh, the year two thousand and twenty. This is the last time when everybody was all excited about crypto. Three years ago, everybody was nuts. So why? Because the price on the of the ha- on the day. May 11 two twenty. The price of one bitcoin was eight thousand eight hundred twenty-one dollars. A year later, it was fifty-six thousand six hundred twelve. Are you listening to these numbers? The three previous halving numbers went from twelve dollars to a thousand and seven a year later, six hundred fifty dollars to two thousand five hundred a year later, eight thousand eight hundred. To 56612 a year later. Today, we're at $43,000. The halving happens in April. I'm not sure what the price is going to be in in April. But historically, looking at these numbers, my guess would be the price of one Bitcoin in April of 2024, it's going to be a lot higher in April of 2025. Could be wrong. This is not financial advice. I'm just telling you, history, the last three times a happening has occurred, those are huge jumps. What do you think about this? Let's go to the 7-year-old and 5-year-old for their last bit of commentary during this episode. What do you think about those price happenings and jumps after the the happenings occurred? What do you think, Mila, 7 years old? Wow, that's a big jump. That sounds like pre-read material. What about the five-year-old? What do you have to say? Wow, that's a lot of money. <laughs> that is a lot of money. You're absolutely right. So there we go. The five and the seven-year-old who weren't picking up anything earlier in the show, they now understand, boy, there's a lot of money going on within crypto. A lot of ups and downs, and you got to be in at the right times, and then do something called HODL, H-O-D-L, which is a play on the word Hold. A lot of people will say, oh, you know, I don't want to spend my Bitcoin. I don't want to spend my, my crypto. I want to just hold on to it. I believe it's going to go up in value. I'm with you. I, I understand that approach. And I will tell you, over 60% of the Bitcoin that has ever been created, that 19 plus million that's out in existence, over 60% of that has not moved wallet addresses in the last year. That means people are they're just holding on to it as a store of value, saying, All right, I'm gonna own this and I'm gonna wait for it to be jumping up in price, and then I might sell some of it. Some people might say out of that 19 million, hey, there's a million, two million, maybe three million that have been lost from computers that used to run the Bitcoin software. And those people back when it was worthless or just worth pennies never thought it was gonna turn into anything. So they they just you know changed their computers. The old computers uh, throughout or whatever okay they forgot about their Bitcoin wallets that were held on those computers that at the time the Bitcoin was worth nothing. Now as you fast forward 10 years oh, that crypto is worth a lot of money but they can't find it. They don't have access to the wallet. so that those coins yeah they haven't moved in the last year because they're never to be heard from again, which only shows there's a shrinking amount of, of Bitcoin supply out there when the ETF applications get approved and some people believe, quite strongly, that will happen by June 10th of 2024. So in less than a couple of weeks here, when those approvals happening, watch what happens to the price of Bitcoin. And when it goes up a ton, which in all likelihood is what's going to happen, you'll be able to say, oh, that guy Slim from the WKXL Spotlight Edition, he gave the heads up on this. A lot of big time crypto investors are just sitting waiting for those approvals to come through. That will in all likelihood kick off something called a bull run. The bull run in the cryptocurrency space is when you get a protracted amount of time where prices are going up. People in crypto believe that's going to be happening in 2024, fueled by first the ETF application approvals, which will cause the price of Bitcoin to go up. Then you have the halvening, which will take place in April, which I just showed you, historically, the three previous happenings. Look at what happened to the price. These catalysts, plus the extra growth that's happening in crypto, the general acceptance in the business community that Bitcoin and other cryptos do have uses. You can go and buy cryptocurrency easily right now on Venmo, on PayPal. If you have money stored in those accounts, you just go to the crypto section, boom, transfer. Okay, you pay a fee. To PayPal, to Venmo, whatever it might be. You pay a fee, and then you're acquiring some Bitcoin. You can hold the Bitcoin right in the wallets that they provide. Is that the way that most crypto hardcore experts would tell you to do things? No. They would tell you you want want to own your own cryptocurrency hardware wallet, which is a wallet that you can send um, Bitcoin or other cryptos to, and you store it in that wallet, And you're able to unplug that wallet from the internet. So it's offline. Nobody gets to access that crypto. You're pulling it out of circulation onto your own hardware device. Then you want to use it. You want to cash some in. You want to spend some of it somewhere. You plug that hardware device in. Tap into the network. Boom. Now you can send it from this wallet over to whatever wallet you're going to send it over to. With Venmo... PayPal, other companies like this where you can hold the money on their own wallet, there is some risk. There is some risk out there for centralized exchanges. If you have your money on those centralized exchanges, if those individual exchanges get hacked somehow because they have centralized data stores that the hackers are always trying to break into because if they can steal the coins, they want to do that. Well, that's the risk of holding coins on an exchange. If you look at the statistics over the last year, more and more people are pulling their coins off of the exchanges, putting them on their own hardware wallets. That leaves less coins out there in existence or in the trading markets to determine the price. And as we take this towards the final stages here of this episode, I want people to understand the total supply of Bitcoin or of other cryptos is not really the most relevant factor in determining the price of any of these coins. The price is largely determined by the amount of coins that are in circulation available for trade. The trading action is what determines the price. So if there are 10 million Bitcoin held off the chain on privately held hardware wallets... The remaining nine and a half that have already been mined are in in circulation, stored on different exchanges, potentially. Then you have people going in on these individual exchanges, making trades. I want to buy it. I want to sell it. When an exchange starts to run out of a coin, they need to go and acquire additional coins. A bulk amount, when they're paying that amount, that's an increased demand that causes the price of coins to go up. What you're going to have if this ETF application business all gets approved from all of these large financial institutions that have their application in front of the SEC right now, they're all going to be going after an amount of Bitcoin that will get swallowed up. And that's where you could see just a monumental price increase for Bitcoin, and that flows down into all the other coins. It's a lot of speculation, people, but... There's a lot coming in crypto in 2024. If you have more questions about this, you can always find us on nhtalkradio.com. You can email the station, call into the shows. The Sports Machine with Slim is here every weekday, 10 to 11. This is WKXL Radio. Lots planned for 2024. You can always catch us. 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM in Manchester. Let's do this, crypto community.